Well, today is Mother's Day, and if you came to hear uh, 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 um, a themed sermon, you came to the wrong church. I have to apologize now. I'm really bad at themed sermons. Some of you are like, thank goodness. Like, <laughs> all the... <laughs> You can make it for Mother's Day if you really want that themed sermon. You can pull it in. But um, uh, I'm really bad at those. So, yeah. But happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. We love you. We honor you. I, I have the microphone so I can do this. My mom, Mother Sharon Matthews, stand up. This is my mama. Love you, mom. Looking snazzy as always. Get my good looks from my mom. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my my dad's side's Italian. My mom's side. I mean, excuse me. My mom's side is Italian. My dad's side's like Irish, Scottish. I don't know how I'm actually nice with all that mixed into me. Scottish, Irish, Italian. You know, but it's uh, it's a sign, wonder, and a miracle. So are the, are the house lights up all the way back there? Just by chance they are. My eyes just sleepy. All right. Well, this morning I'm going to talk with you, and I, and I don't think I'm going to go too long, but I just want to talk to you from my heart. I'm thinking if I've forgotten something. I did. I forgot one more thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're starting a, it's going to be called a foundations class, and we're really excited about this. This is huge because we've been um, working very hard, collaborating with a number of different people or collaborating to put this class together. And I wanna, I wanna throw this out there. We want, honestly, everybody that calls us the home to go, their home to go through this class. I don't care if you've been here 30 years, you've never heard this content because it's all being developed from what the Spirit's doing in this house right now. And so we're gonna be starting a foundations class that's gonna run two out of every three months. So it'll run two months, break a month, run two months, break a month. It'll run every Sunday morning before service, okay? So that way it's easier for you to come, stay a little bit longer. If you're parents, you can swap. One of you can go the next month. Um, we don't have the ability to do child care yet. Maybe we'll get that point. But I encourage everybody to go through this, this class. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be really just getting, how many know that it's hard to step into the deeper things when your foundation's not even sure yet? And like when we all get on a, on a same page together, we begin to be like a people that are moving together and it's strong. You ever seen a, a sports team that they've just, they move together and you can see it, like they're moving together. And uh, some of you are like, I don't watch sports. <laughs> um, and, and so, Timmy, I saw it on your face. You're like, no, not really. Um, <laughs> so anyways, this is going to be starting the first Sunday of June. But here's the deal. We have limited space, so you're going to have to give us patience to get through it because we have one room in the back that's going to be our room. And for everyone to go through, it's going to take some time. So it'll have registration. So here's what you need to do. Everybody's like, how do I register? What do I find out? Go to our website. This is, the, this is the key. Go to wearethegate.com, wearethegate.com, and there's a place to sign up with your email. That's where they're going to be sending out to that whole email list. If you already get our weekly announcements, you're good. They're going to send out to that whole weekly, um, that whole group of people, all the details for this class, but it starts first Sunday in June, so first come, first serve. When you get that email that has the registration link, click fast. 
because we can only do a handful of people every time. But it's going to be good. It's going to be um, a number of people are going to be teaching it. David, Pastor David's going to be one of them. And then also uh, Craig and Edwina are going to be a major part with the coming in with the community piece. And, and just, um, it's beautiful. Like, we had a meeting last week, and uh, there was so many, much coming out. I was, like, on information overload. I had even at one point, like, we're done. Stop. <laughs> I've hit two hours of great ideas. My mind is fried. Like we're, and so uh, I love what's coming out of it. So. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your presence in this room. Thank you that we can come together. And we can even just sometimes just be quiet. And it's as if we can hear your love. You feel that? If you need to feel the embrace of the Father this morning, if you need to feel that wholeness, you are in the right place because you're going to get it. I feel like he's going to do something special today, unique with people's hearts. But Lord, we love you. Amen. We, so I'm going to try to lay a foundation for something today, and I don't know how much I can get through in one morning. And so I'm not going to even try to get through too much because... I got a lot of food to cook when I get out of this place. So you guys are always lucky that I host everything, so I have to leave rather soon. And, um, but in all seriousness, I don't want to get over our heads in one week. But I want to talk to you a little bit about this idea of the body of Christ. Let me just start off by saying this. I love the local church. You're like, well, duh, you pastor. Trust me, there are pastors. The not all of them love the local church. Um, some of them have been burnt, hurt, beat down and they may not feel the same way i love the local church i love waking up on sundays i love even though i wake up really early i love coming and getting together with people i love it that i don't know everybody in this room but i can feel when you're in the room when we worship together you know what i'm talking about you just feel it i don't know everybody's story i don't know the different pieces but when we worship together there's this symphony that you can feel in like the spiritual atmosphere that's just amazing Certain people bring different pieces, and I love the local church. I love the body of Christ. And Paul, and I'm going to throw a lot of scripture references, so write them down. Um, I'm not going to go to all of them, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 12, verse 12, Paul talks about this idea of the body of Christ, and he goes somewhere with it that I like. He takes it beyond, he takes connecting with believers beyond the place of optional. He says that, okay, here's the deal. We're all one body, but with a head that's Christ. He takes away the option that you can just get rid of the idea of not needing the body. How many of you know that if your arm is hurting, if your arm is aching, you don't just take the mindset, you know what, I'm just going to cut this arm off and just get rid of it. If you do, you're demented or something. But like, you know, sorry. Like, you know, you're not, it's, you're not like, oh, I don't need this arm. Let's just chop it off. You know what I mean? There is, there is a reality that you have to stay connected to the body. Yeah. And, and Paul took an approach where you couldn't get around it. And he created a picture of a body. And we use different terminology. We use all these different names. We use things like church, body, uh, congregation, a community, uh, family, uh, a tribe. That's, that's a really cool one. Um, and all these different names, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But I really want to talk about what God's calling us to do here. And I can't speak and just say what I'm going to preach is for every church in town. I'm not going to say this is the law for everybody. I'm telling you what the Lord's laid on my heart for here. Yeah. 
And how I operate is different. How I connect with people is different. One of the things, even when I bring in guest speakers, I'm really, I'm, you could build, I could build a church by getting on the long waiting list and bringing in all of the really good big names, right? I could bring in the crowds. But the same people that just come in for that will leave when it's not there. And one of the things, and I have, and I, listen, I have, we'll have people that'll come in that will be big names, so I'm not against that, but we're not building a church on that. We're not building a community on that because as quick as they come, they'll go. And so how, how do we build? How do we connect? How do we grow? How do we, how do we operate? Because we're a little different. One of the things I tell people so often with the, almost all of my speakers is if you're not willing to have a meal at my house, I'm probably not going to have you in my pulpit. And, and, and I, I do realize at times there are certain people that Bill Vanderbush said it this way. He said, and sometimes you need to bring in a superhero to deal with something, and then they're out. And so there is pieces where you bring in a person that comes in, and they, they're really right what you needed. But they may not be your best friend. And I'm okay with that. But when it comes down to how do we build something, you see, the people that I know value me in, in my life, let's talk about in my life, me and my wife. People that value me also value my kids. Someone that doesn't value my kids is not going to be the person I hang with. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if someone's like, I love John and Tiff, but they're kids, my goodness, I'm going to be like, yeah, we're not going to hang a lot. Why? Because I want you to value my children. In a house, in a church, we have the same, I believe this goes across the board for all leaders, that there should be a value for the children of God in the house, not just the leader of the house. And when that happens, it begins to create a safety for people. We don't have somebody that comes through and preaches something and slices and dices and heads out the door because they don't want to do that. That time is going away. Like the, you hear this all the time, well, it's easy for you to come through and just kick that thing down because you're evangelist and yada, yada, yada. That time is going away. I don't want anyone in the pulpit that doesn't have a value for the house. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm laying foundation this morning. And so we're really big about connection, really not big about agenda. I can feel agendas. Oh, I have a hard time with agendas when someone like shakes my hand and I can feel they want something from me. Yeah. And that's the first vibe I get from them. Yeah. I struggle with that. I do. I don't shut my heart off. Don't get me wrong. Because I want to be able to speak into them and hopefully be able to change their way of thinking a little bit. But I can feel an agenda. I want the person that comes in and they say, I just want to do life with you. I want to be a part of what's happening in the kingdom in this house and specifically what's being expressed in your house. And so what does that look like? It's not always easy. I, I, there's tons of pastor gatherings around town. And there's tons of things that are happening. And the last thing I want to do this morning is paint a picture that uh, everyone's wrong and we're right. That's not it. Because remember, I started with this is for this house. But I think there's a power to connection that we have to get into that we don't talk a lot about. But there's a different type of connection that's deeper than uh, a community, that's deeper than um, even a family, as we often call it, it's deeper than a congregation. It's called a covenant people. The only terms that we typically hear the word covenant ever in our culture usually is the day you get married. And still most people don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm convinced that people would be more focused on their covenant as much. Some people, you see, we, can, we confuse the, the wedding with the marriage. People will pour in for a year or two years into the wedding day, but they want the pastor to get them through the 
counseling as quickly as possible. <laughs> hard group, hard room this morning. All right. I, I, I love, I, I don't get to do it much anymore just because I've been so busy, but the times that I've been able to take people through premarital counseling, I love it, man. I love it. I love it taking them from week one to everything's perfect. I usually will ask them, I'm like, please don't set a date until you at least get through three weeks with me. But we want to set the date. I'm like, just wait. And I'll take them through week one, week two. Week, and you get into like week three and it's like, we gotta, I didn't know like how much stuff I carried. And all of a sudden, you begin to get to this place where you begin, to, you begin to rip away a lot of the junk. Why? Because it's forming powerful people. And that's where we're going to get. And, but so many people would rather focus on the wedding than they would on the marriage. The service, in a sense, for me, when we come in, is an exciting, almost like a wedding day every Sunday. Woohoo! Everybody's prepared. Yay! We're having fun. Yeah! Band's good. Lights are right. Woo. Yeah. What about the marriage the rest of the week? What about the covenant that's supposed to happen beyond the wedding day? And so that's where, that's where we're going to go. I've got way more notes than I'm obviously going to get into because I actually haven't started my notes yet, with the exception of that one first piece. Um, but the church, we, we hear this word covenant, as I said, mostly in the term of either a wedding or if this is your home church, we do talk about the new covenant a lot because it's like kind of a big deal. And people come, people go, and we see this. And, some, and sometimes if we're not careful, we can pick a church like we look for a restaurant. Somewhere the whole family likes, what do you feed me? How fast can I get in and out? <laughs> and, and we can look for churches in that manner. Um, sooner or later, you always get tired of the restaurant. And so we don't want to build like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking my time on purpose. And then what happens, we'll look for a new restaurant. You know, well, let's find that new restaurant. That's like, yeah, that one's better. They're even faster. And the food's even better. Until you get that one meal that was really bad and something happened. And I didn't like the taste of the food that week. <laughs> and then I'm out. Uh, let, me, let me just make a connection here. You do realize as long as there's people involved with the house of God, there will always be something that happens. The only time you're sure to be okay is if you come in the room and no one's here. And it still may have an issue because you're here. And you may have to work something out with the Lord. I've come in this room thousands of times by myself and pray and lay on the floor and every seat in here I've probably laid on and prayed on and, and I thousands of times and sometimes I come in just like David, whoa, it's me. Lord, everyone is against me. I'll even go King James, thy God. Like he has to hear me if I speak in King James. And, and so I'll pray and I'll pray. And you know that sweet little moment where he's like, oh, if you just deal with this in your heart what they do wouldn't even affect you yeah. <laughs> stop <laughs> go no that's not what i was looking for 
And, 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 and what happens is, is that the reality is, is if we're looking for a church in the, in the same manner that we almost look for a restaurant, the moment we get something we don't like, we're out. We saw something interesting. I'm going to flip to this one, but we see something interesting in, um, in Hebrews, if you have your Bible. Hebrews chapter 8. I want to read this piece on covenant. So I'm going to use this to just bring a little context of what the covenant is like. This is when the, the new covenant was being established. This is what it was going to be like, but I want to pull from this for some context. So Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7 says, For if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with people of Israel and with the people of Judah, and it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant, and I turned away from them. This is the covenant that I will establish with the people of Israel, declares the Lord. After times... Um, I will put my laws. My, I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their hearts. Everybody say mind, and heart. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor, neighbor, or say to one another, "Know the Lord," because they will all know me. <laughs> this gets me so excited. I, I can't. I'm gonna do a David. Like, like, it gets me excited. Well, uh, they will know the Lord because they will all know me. For the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. Amen. Some people try to hold on to that obsolete because they are so much more comfortable being controlled than being free. And so here we are in this new covenant. So I'm, I'm, some of this is just... Um, I would say the easiest way I could explain this is it was almost going from an exterior covenant to an interior covenant. That would be like the easiest way I could explain this right now is it was moving from you had to do this, 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 hundreds and hundreds of rules to good news, guys. I'm going to write like my name on your heart and your mind. And you're good. Oh, wait a minute. There's no way that that can replace every rule that we've had. <laughs> well, when he was on the cross, did he say it was finished or was it finished? He said, I got this. And so something happened where this covenant went from something that was all exterior. It was all performance driven. It was the same thing that a lot of us still struggle with. That If you'll do this, I'll love you. Or if I do this for you, I'll feel loved. You see... God never even wanted that covenant with them. You do realize that like the covenant before the new covenant, that wasn't his heart for his people. He's, you see glimpses of his heart all throughout the Bible. You see it in the very beginning, how he created with man and woman. It was like, I just want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to hang out with you. I want to be with you. That's it. Matter of fact, I got this perfect garden. Everything's good. You're good. That was his heart. And you see it through other places. You see when he welcomed Moses up. Remember Moses went up on the mountain and it was lightning and flashing on this encounter. He wanted, he wanted everyone to experience that. The whole nation. And they said, oh, you know what? We're better to send him up there. And he's like, I'll go. 
And so they, they, they did what they do. They, they did the best they knew how to do. They said, okay, we're going to have a covenant with God. It's going to look like this. It's going to be full of rules, but here's the deal. We're welcoming you in, and we need you to enforce the rules. So God, God steps in. Part of his nature is he can't break a covenant. Like, he can't break a covenant. That's really good news for us. And so he steps in, and he, and he fulfills the peace, but he wasn't happy because it wasn't fair that he had to be the guy that disciplined all the time. And so he says in this scripture, he says, I got a new covenant that's coming for you guys. Good news. This one's in the heart and in the mind. And it's going to be a connection that's unlike what you've ever experienced before. And everything, everything began to change. Everything shifted. Everything that we know when they went from the moment of it was becoming an external covenant to an internal covenant, the world was changing. This is a big deal because God wasn't okay with a set of rules. He was only okay with relationship. He was only okay with a heart connection. And so what, what does this have anything to do with community? Any of you know those, uh, those California redwood trees that are rather large? <laughs> how, how wide is this room? 60? 70? 70, okay. Some of these trees can be about up to 50 feet or so wide. So we'll say from that wall to like maybe right around here. Something like that. Call that 50. Maybe 30 to 50 foot wide. They can grow up to 35 stories tall. Imagine being like 35 stories high in a building and the tree is still there. That's a big tree. And there's something really unique about these California redwoods because they grow in a certain manner that I want to talk about. But first thing you got to realize, they only grow on the Pacific West Coast. And the, one of the interesting things is they don't have a taproot. I don't know if you guys know what a taproot is. If you ever tried to get a tree out and you see the tree above service and then you see this root that goes straight down that you're hacking away if you're doing it or you're trying to cut it and there's this big thing it's like an anchor to the tree that is the part that's under the ground that you can't see it the anchor straight down it's called a tap root these massive trees don't have a tap root now they can leave an indent indentation in the ground because they're so huge but they don't have a tap root but the interesting thing is that they have a couple different pieces about them that's unique one they grow with, they, they grow together with other trees. You won't ever see them solo on their own. They grow together. And the other thing is that their roots will go out every direction up to 100 feet away. So you've got a tree in the middle of this room, and it's all different directions. The roots are going out about 100 feet away from the tree. But what's unique about these trees is not only do their roots go out so far, they grow together because their roots lock onto the roots of the other California redwoods and they lock together, and there's an underground network of roots that happen with these trees that when they come together, they intertwine this almost a net of roots that's under the ground that you can't see, that when the wind blows and these storms come hitting hard, they're okay because what do they do? They don't just have 100 foot of roots. That's super cool as is, but their roots are connected to another big tree's roots, and when it's pulling, it's pulling on that other tree. This could probably is one of the best analogies that I can give you on what a covenant community looks like. A covenant community is something that it's grandiose and great to see what happens above ground, but what is happening underground? 
What's happening behind the scenes? And this is something that culture, we have to change because in church culture for the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it has gotten really, much of it has been like, let's go to church, do our thing, go home, we'll show up for a Bible study here or there. We have church and then we have our life, which the two are never meant to be split. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) So the purpose of these covenant relationships is that they band together. A covenant people band together. They connect together. We see it in Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. It talked about, remember, David and Jonathan? It said that their hearts were knit together. They were close. They weren't just buddies. Like, they were knit together. They were all, like as close as two dudes are going to get. But here's the thing. This type of relationship, this type of covenant, this type of connection is a choice. Why? Because the external covenant piece, it's gone. You have a choice. No one can make you connect. I, I can preach. I don't care how good I preach and how many people I bring in. No one can make you connect. Because it's a heart issue, and it's a mind issue, and it really comes down to, do I have a value for this? And I think that so often we've created, and I'm, I wish I had like all the answers, because I sure haven't figured it out yet, but I'm praying about it. I think so often even how we develop church community can look a little bit like an external covenant. If you come to this, If you do that, if you look the part, we're going to get along. And it, it, it it can almost be a faux community. It can look good. It can really look good. But it doesn't always mean it's strong. Some of my best friends in life actually were pretty slow relationships getting to know them. Just honestly, some of my best friends, it took a while. Here in the South, man, like, everybody can be your buddy right up front. Like, we're buds, hey! But sometimes it can, it can be very shallow. But what we're looking for is how do we build a community that's a covenant people? And I'm going to talk to you about a few pieces that I think we're going to have to do, and I'm going to do my best to get done in a decent amount of time. But I believe with all my heart, if we're going to change this culture, we have to change the model of how we do church. And it's hard because so many churches are built very much on a business model. What's a business model? It's what we come together, what can you do for the business? What can you do for the business? If you can do more, I'm going to elevate you. If you can do more, you're very valuable, so I'm going to actually make a real personal connection with you because I need you. And, and, and that's, a, that's more of a let's, let's run this this way, and that's a business model. It's great for business. It's fine for business. But it doesn't always work the best when you're trying to create a covenant people. What does it look like, though? It's different. It takes time. It takes vulnerability. 
It takes being open. <laughs> there are scary people in church. <laughs> they all have them. We all have them. It's like, like some people are like, they're, they're so easy to talk to. Some people are like, you scare me. <laughs> some people really aren't scary. They just look scary. I have to be honest. I don't think he's in here so I can say it. It's okay. I'd say it if he was in the front row. Eric McBride scared me the first time I saw him. <laughs> Am I still good? I'm still good. All right. <laughs> I remember he just was like. <laughs> and then I met him. He was like the kindest teddy bear ever. And I was like, I had all these false ideas in my head of who you were. And so many times. But there are some people that they're hurt and they can be scary because they just we they just they reproduce what's in them and their life is in the meat grinder so when you get a part of their life you go through the meat grinder and you're like oh i didn't need that and i'll tell people if they put me in their meat grinder i'm like whoa dude listen i don't know what's going on right now but that was not me and then i'll open up the door let's talk about this let's talk about this what we're trying and what we're going for is completely, in some realms, just abnormal because I, we want to have true, open, honest, vulnerable connections that underground, they're strong. And, and just like in a covenant, like in a marriage where my wife's not doing good, I'm not doing good. And when I'm not doing good, sometimes she's not doing that great. It doesn't get to be like, well, so-and-so is having a bad day, so you know what? I'm actually going to sit on the other side of church today. <laughs> That's not how covenant works. Covenant says, oh, I'm actually going to come over here, and I'm just going to focus my love on you. <laughs> and sometimes they don't even want it. They're like, stop it. And I'm going to move over here. And I'm just like, oh, just focus my love. And they're like, stop it, you know? <laughs> I have, I'm preaching this sermon because I've been, there's been some things that have happened over the past six months, some situations, and, and, and those that have, I'm getting ready to talk about, they know I'm going to talk about this. There's been people that have wanted to leave the church, but there's a problem. They're in covenant. Oh, it's so hard to leave when you're in covenant. Oh, we just got like dead silent in the room. <laughs> Some of you are like, is this me? Don't worry, it's, you're good. <laughs> but if it is you, you should probably pray. Um, I've, I've met with some of these people, and, and I was I'm like, I meet with them, and they're on my heart, and I go meet, and I talk, and they're like, listen, I don't know what it is, but I can't get you out of my head. And every time I'm ready to go, I can't. And they said, I'm not happy when I'm not here. But then when I come, I'm not happy because I know it's where I'm supposed to be. And I have to deal with it. I'm like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> because that makes you like an adult. Because yeah. <laughs> like my kids, kids, children act like children. That's why we say stop acting like a child. <laughs> we shouldn't act like a child. And a child says, that, like, you made me happy. I'm taking my ball. I'm going away. I'm out. 
Covenant says, all right, we're in this together. We better work this out because we can't just split like that. This is a covenant people. This is what a church looks like. We can't just walk away. There's hard situations. I've seen hard situations. I've been in them. But when those roots connect, this is why it's important that you, when you find, this is why it's important you know the church the Lord wants you in. And some people, it frustrates them because they know they're supposed to be there and they're not, can't figure out why something is so hard but they can't leave because it's where God has them. And what I would tell you is that's great. You're part of a, a people. Now you can have conversations and say, listen, I'm not feeling right. I want my wife to talk to me when something's off. Tell me. It's way harder to guess it. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I'm pretty good, though. I'm pretty good. Every man in this room knows what I'm talking about. That's why they're all quietly like, I don't know to laugh. I don't know to be quiet. I don't. And then it's Mother's Day, so I definitely got to behave. But everyone who's gone to church for longer than today has a church story. Like everyone, everyone who has been in church longer than today has a church story. And even today, you may have a story already. Who knows? But there are stories. There are things that happen. There are people that say things. There are leaders that fail you. There are things that go down. But it's in that moment that you get to decide, am I going to be a powerful person in the midst of it all and choose connection? I'm not letting go. Why? Because it's not just about a church. Here's the thing you got to get. I am so all over my notes, but it is not just about a church. There is a wealth that you get when you come into covenant that you inherit what the family gets. And when you break off from the family, you feel it. I've had people where I've had to cut things because the covenant had changed, the relationship had changed, and I couldn't carry it in my heart, and I had to cut it. Sometimes you got to do that. It stinks. I had to cut it. And immediately people will feel it. Why? They feel exposed. All of a sudden they realize, I didn't know all that connection I had until it was gone. I felt it. I didn't realize the inheritance that I was actually getting to drink from in this house. Why? Because when I just connected up, I got to get it all. All the revelation, everything that I've poured myself into, I come up here and I give it to you every week. I give you everything I've got. Other people come. They give you everything they've got. And when you're in covenant, you get it. You receive it. It's different than just being a church attender. My wife can say things, and I know what she's saying. I get it. And everyone else in the room may not get it. But I'm in covenant with her, and I get what she's saying. I feel it. People can come sit in the room. We could put 500, 1,000 people well, you're not going to get a thousand in this room, but you can get a bunch of people in this room. And just because everybody's in the seats doesn't mean they're in covenant. And if you're not in covenant, there's things you won't get. You could hear the same person talking. There's things that she hears when I preach that no one else hears in this room because of the level of covenant we have with each other. Good and bad. I'm serious. There's been times where she said, You seemed angry. No, I'm not. <laughs> She's like, that didn't sound like you. 
it again. <laughs> Read Proverbs, wisdom is always a she. Just saying. Read Proverbs, wisdom is always a she. Happy Mother's Day. There's my sermon right there. <laughs> Sometimes, though, it's not easy. It's not easy, man, being in covenant with people. It's hard. It's not easy. I'm not painting a picture like coming to covenant. Do, do, do. It's, not like, it's like coming to covenant. There's good, and there's some challenges, too. And I'm going to address that as we end because actually the Lord showed me something we have to do that's going to really allow some of you to come into the fullness of covenant that want to. And, and I'm going to get there in just a moment. But people, it's a challenge. We all want to, it's easy to, be along, to get along with people like, I want to do a city group with like all the people I get along with. There's this, there's this, there's this proverb. This is some African proverb that says, "Smooth seas don't make skillful sailors." Smooth seas do not make skillful sailors. So often, people think they're doing so. I'm just doing great. Well, you're just in the perfect environment. Let's just push you out a little bit and and let's see what happens. So many kids in high school, they're like, I'm so in love with Jesus. I'm like, well, let's get you in college and let's test that baby. <laughs> let's push you out in the real world and see how deep your roots are. It's easy to be in love with Jesus when everything is perfectly set up for you. It's easy to stay in community, but let's change the circumstances. That's the thing. Environment, circumstances will change in the culture of a church all the time. Music will change. Lights will change. Environment will change. It changes. If we don't, we're really in trouble. But it will change. But when we're in covenant, we say, you know what? Yeah, I liked the last setup a little bit better. But man, let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. Why? Because we're in covenant. Jesus was the perfect one that modeled this. John chapter 4, verse 19, a foundational scripture for everybody in this room. He says that we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. What does that mean? That means while you were still a hot mess, he looked at you and turned his love on. And said, I'm going to love you to the point until you feel it. Yeah. You ever had somebody staring at you and you know they're staring at you? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you're worshiping. <laughs> I see that as his love. Like, when we have no idea, we're living for ourselves, we're doing our thing, and he's just like, put, he's focusing his love and affection on you. So you're like, I, f I feel that. I feel that. What do I feel? it but see he gets this he modeled this he modeled how to step into covenant he modeled that from the very beginning he said okay here's the deal I'm gonna love you no matter what period he said that, that external covenant piece all the do's and don'ts we're getting rid of that one we're gonna make it a heart thing and I'm gonna love you you can't change my love you can't lessen my love you can't strengthen my love. My love is steadfast. And I'm going to focus it on you. And he said, this is how we do covenant life together. This will change what the church looks like. This will change what the church looks like. Give me just a handful of people that are in covenant over the thousands any day. Any day. 
But just like anything else, anything else in life, relationship doesn't come without a risk. Times breaking the connection hurts. Here's the thing. I know we've heard the scripture. You can write it down. Matthew chapter 19, verse 5 is a scripture that talks about that it talks about that coming together in a covenant as one flesh, tearing it. It's like tearing the flesh. I know that we hear that through the, the view of marriage, but it's the same with anybody you're in covenant with. It hurts when you break that covenant. Sometimes you have to break the covenant. Sometimes there has to be a breaking with other people. It's really quiet right now. There has to be sometimes. I've had to do it, and it stinks. I've created covenants and relationships and connections with people, and then things change. And I didn't turn off my love. I love them. I keep loving them. But there has to sometimes be, there's a breaking of relationship that has to happen. The prodigal son, the father didn't try to stop him. He just said, when you're ready to come home, I'm ready. But he said, I have to let you do this. And sometimes it happens. And that's, what I wanna, that's where I want to land this morning. Because sometimes these connections are broken. Sometimes people hurt you. Sometimes you're in relationship and covenant with people. And I'm not talking about, please don't go down the filter of relationships as far as marriage and dating and all that. It happens there. But I'm talking much more broad than that. I'm talking about covenant people. There will be people that you put your trust in, you put your connection in, and they broke it. And it hurt. Relationships in the past, leaders, But here's the good news. You have a weapon to fix that. And I actually believe with all my heart there's a third piece that so many people don't ever do when it comes to a relationship that fell apart that was a covenant relationship. I believe that many people will forgive, and that's great. They'll forgive them. I believe a lot of people will, and they need to let go of things sometimes. There's a relationship, and you have to say, you're going to have to let go of that right now. They'll, they'll let go. But you ever notice something? You get people that are hurt, and they've been hurt by leaders. Let's take leaders, because that's a big one, right? That's, that, that happens everywhere. I've forgiven them like a hundred times. I've let them go. Why can't I still trust leaders? Say something. Luke. Probably never heard the scripture in this context, but let's try it. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Verse 8. Luke chapter 15, verse 8. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins. And loses one. Doesn't she shine a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friend and neighbors and together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of angels to God over a sinner who repents. So a, a woman has ten silver coins and she loses one. Doesn't she go looking for it? I believe that when you're in a covenant relationship with somebody and your heart's connected and it's broken, there are three things that have to happen. First is you have to forgive them. 
you can't do that, like forgiveness is kind of like the kingdom. Has to happen. It's hard. I've looked at some people that are very hurt and told them you have to forgive. The second thing in many circumstances is you have to let it go. You have to let that relationship go. A lot of people do that one. But the third one, I believe you have to go search out and you have to call back the piece of your heart that they took with them. Because I believe that when you come in covenant with someone, there is such a connection in your heart that when you rip that, they get a part of you, you get a part of them. And there are some leaders walking around with some of you. They still have your faith in leaders coin. You have never gotten it back. And so I never do examples, but I'm going to do one. So I got my coins. And let's just say that, I, what do I have, like seven? Six. Oh, I gave away more coins. I don't know where the set. We'll pretend it's seven. <laughs> Let's say that this is this is uh, this is my heart. All these different coins represent. This is my trust in mothers. It was way more epic than I planned it to be. <laughs> that's my that's my trust in fathers. This is my. My, I don't know, call it what you want. Hope and leaders. Call them what you want. These are all different pieces. These are all different pieces of my heart. And they're people that hurt me. That I've forgiven them. I've genuinely forgiven them. I've, I've released them. So I release you. That's important. I've released you. But then there's like... These, these pieces that are still missing. I've forgiven you and I've released you, but why do I, I still can't like trust pastors. And so I give you one, I believe. I in the spirit realm can say, you know what I'm doing this morning? I'm taking back, I'm calling back that piece of my heart that I gave away. And I get another coin. I get that coin back. It's hard to come and to put your hope in another leader when you haven't taken it. You haven't gotten that piece of your heart back where it was misused one time. And it's still out there. See, most of you have heard the term soul ties, but it's typically, and it's very similar, and it's very often in the term of sin, which is how probably most of you in the room use the word soul tie. I'm talking about sin. I'm talking about pieces of your heart that you've given out that you have to go and you have to call them back. There's that young person that just, every time, you know, I'm around young people now because of this one young person. He just, they, I can't open my heart, Micah. I can't open my heart to young people. You see, you're not calling it back so that you can't give it back out. You're getting it wrong if that's what you're seeing. You're calling it back so you can give it back out. I'm not calling back my heart so I can lock it up. I'm calling it back from where it was hurt, broken, and misused to say, I have to be able to give it to someone else. And I can't why it's still with you. We have to be able to do this. I've got, I've got, there's that, that prayer team I was on. 
and they just misused, they were so, it's just, I felt so abused, and they missed, they just took advantage of me, and I want to be on this prayer team, but I can't, because they, I'm going to call it back this morning, I'm going to call back that piece of my heart this morning, why? Not so I can go put it away, because when I come in covenant, I want to be able to say, I'm going to give this to you, why? Because when you join together, they get some of you, and you get some of them. Some of you are holding parts of people's hearts. I know this is like so, in a sense, metaphorical, but it's so spiritually true. It's so spiritually true. Some of you are holding pieces of their heart that you need to let it go. You need to release it. can't tell you how many people have been hurt and it's as if they followed two of these three major steps, but if they would just call it back and say, I just, I'm taking that back. This is exercising the authority you've been given as a believer. You can take it back. And then let it, don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> just, just seriously, don't even talk about it anymore. I've met with some people, I've had the same conversation so many times. At one point, I'll finally say, this is the last time we're talking about this. Not angry, like, you're, we are done mark this day on your calendar that day we stop talking about this because like I'm not going to talk about it again I believe God's going to do something amazing in hearts as we wrap up this morning and it's going to be really cool because you're going to call back some pieces now I'm not saying I'm not saying just call I, I believe also in another kingdom element where there are people across the map that have a piece of my heart and that's good and I have a piece of their heart how do you think we connect with missionaries and we support them and we love them and we feel in covenant with them? That's what I'm talking That's good. I'm talking about when there's been a breaking, a severing of that where it hurt, but you haven't called it back yet. You see this, I know we're ending on kind of a heavy note, but this is the way that you step into community is that the parts that are broken, you call them back. You say, I want to step into this community, but it's going to be really hard for me when I was in another community and they broke my trust and they hurt me and I've forgiven them and I've done this, but I still can't get over it. Have you called back your heart yet from that community? Because if not, you're sitting here trying to give me what you don't have. And you're saying, I don't know why I can't do it. Everything makes sense. And that is what a covenant community, a foundation of covenant community looks like. It's foundation. This is so much deeper than we have time on today. But I'm just kicking the door open a little bit. Because this is what we want to build. We want to get it to the point where, in all seriousness, if you're called to be in this community, you can't get away. That sounds funny. Sounds funny. And it is funny, but it's true. I can't get away from my family. They're my family. Not that I want to. But we sit around the dinner table. We disagree on things. Who cares? We're family. And I'm right. So what's the matter? Let's stand up. We're going to pray. Thanks for, it went a little longer than I expected, but we're doing all right. If you have any questions, Pastor David will answer them all. <laughs> I have faith in you, David. <laughs> and if he doesn't know, Tiffany is really prophetic, so she'll figure it out. 
Thank you, Jesus. All right, here's what we're going to do. This is going to be good. I know here's what's going to happen. Some of you are going to feel, I'm going to ask you just to put something like worshipful but encouraging but not depressing. <laughs> no minor keys right now. Let's keep, this, let's keep this the right mode right here. I, <laughs> songs make a big deal at the end. You'll be going one way and like a, a heavy song comes on. You're like, oh, well, just change the whole mood. <laughs> Rachel said, well, I'm not picking anymore. I want to I do this. I want us just to get in this moment, and this is not going to take long because this is the beauty of the authority you have as a believer. Just like that lady. Just like the lady who lost the coin and said that, why would you not search it out? Why would you not go find that part, that thing that's valuable to you? And this morning, we're talking about that piece of your heart that you gave away. Why would you not go get it and take it back? So here's what we're going to do. Some of you haven't done the first two steps, and we can't skip to the third. So first, if you need to forgive them right now, we're going to do that. Whatever it is, if there's somewhere that you've, let's just say, how do I know? Well, let's think of an area that you're having a hard time coming into covenant with somebody. Is it with a leader? Is it with a person? Is it with an area of being vulnerable? Then who burnt you? What happened? Let's take that moment. Let's capture that doesn't have to be this massive painful drag you through the mud moment capture it and here's where you get to be powerful you have to forgive them they didn't ask for it when did that matter you didn't ask for it when he loved you first and he said I will love you till you want it so whoever that is it could be somebody here. It could be this church. We're not perfect. Something could have hurt you. But forgive. Let it go. So forgive right now in Jesus' name. Father, I come before you and I forgive this person, this, this body or this leader, this parent, this spouse, this boyfriend, this girlfriend, this ex-spouse, whatever it is. Today's the day where I'm going to get my whole heart back. And I forgive them. I'm going to challenge you to say, I forgive you out loud. If You don't have to say their name, but say it out loud. I forgive you. I forgive you. Okay, now, here's the next piece. We're going we're gonna to switch them now. Instead of releasing them first, we're going to call back our heart first. And then we'll release them. So there's something in your heart, whatever it is, if it's just whatever that piece is, that, that coin, that valuable piece of you, that in covenant, you lost that. Your passion, your fervor, your loyalty, your trust, your honor. That piece that you still hadn't got back. Here's what you get to do as a believer. You get to say, in Jesus' name, I'm taking back that part of my heart. That part of my peace. That part that has my peace. That part that, oof, confidence. I felt that. Somebody in this room, your confidence was robbed. I'm taking back that piece of my heart. I'm taking back the part. I'm taking it back. It's mine again. Some of you, there's a lot of things. This is going to be going like on and off all day. 
He's going to show you something, and you're going to say, in Jesus' name, you know what? I call that back, and I take it back. Now, that person, you're going to release them. And I want you to, this is, I don't know why I feel this, but this is weird. I feel like you almost need to try to get yourself to a place where you can smile. I don't know why I feel that, but I challenge you. If you come to the place in your heart where you can say, I release you. I release you. I let it go. I release you. And if you really want to be a superhero, bless them. <laughs> Doesn't he say even bless your enemies? <laughs> oh, I bless them. I bless them. I'm going to call up my prayer team while we're doing this. If you would just come on up this morning. And so here's the next piece. Don't lose. I know we're almost done. Don't lose focus. Lord, I ask. You're going to have to do this now. Lord, I ask that you will help me to release the pieces of my heart into the covenant community, the covenant people that you want me in. If it's not here, that's okay. You can still pray. Whatever that covenant community is, I want to be in covenant. I want to have that underground root system that when I'm getting blown around, I'm good because I'm locked into them. I'm strong. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You feel that, like, this peace throughout the room? Thank you, Father, for what you've done today. And Lord, I do pray just a great blessing over every mom here. Bless them. Bless this year upon them, Father. May they just have such favor. Such favor. That, Lord, they would experience you and experience your strength. And experience your, your encouragement like they never have before. And I pray that, Lord, every mother in here just raise up to be a powerful powerful person they already are but continue to raise them up to be more and more powerful in jesus name amen